If you've sworn off panettone because you found it dry, bland, cottony in texture, and uninspired, then you haven't tasted good panettone, true panettone. You've most likely only ever had a preservative-packed industrial version. Indeed, these subpar iterations give Milan's emblematic leavened trade a bad rap abroad. But good panettone has the power to convert even the most seemingly unwavering haters. I'm Jacqueline DiGiorgio, and in honor of Christmas, this episode of the Milano Files is all about panettone, and Nicola Olivieri, one of Italy's finest bakers, weighs in. So, what's panettone? It's a tall, leavened, dome-shaped sweetbread comprising a dough made from a lievito madre or mother yeast, flour, butter, sugar, and eggs that's studded with raisins and candied fruit. Panettone is one of the most difficult products to not only make, but to master. It generally requires two doughs and a leavening that can last for up to 72 hours. Once removed from the oven, the panettone is then hung upside down to stabilize for at least 12 hours. Otherwise, it'll collapse. When you tear into one that's crafted with love and care, you get an intoxicating buttery aroma that's undercut with citrus notes. The texture is fluffy, almost creamy, and it's just simply divine. So how did panettone come about? The website for the Consorzio of Panettone cites three rather tidy origin tales that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. The one that gets circulated the most dates back to Christmas Eve 1495 to the court of Ludovico Maria Sforza, or Ludovico il Moro, the Duke of Milan. This was at Castello Sforetsco, or Sforza Castle, a landmark that still stands tall in Milan's historic center. Fun fact, Ludovico Moro also happened to commission The Last Supper, which Leonardo da Vinci started painting that very same year. Anywho, back to Christmas Eve. So it was said that a boy who worked in the kitchen, named Antonio, or Tony in dialect, was tasked with dessert, which he burned. So in an effort to redeem himself, he mixed the last piece of butter with eggs, bread, sugar, flour, raisins, and yeast, and he made a sweet pane, the Italian word for bread. Tony's second attempt at dessert was such a roaring success that it became known as the pane di Tony, or Tony's bread. Honestly, I don't buy it. It's a sweet tale and all, but a little too convenient for me. See, O-N-E, one, in Italian is an augmentative suffix, one that indicates largeness, like there's tortellini pasta and tortellone, the larger version. So it's more likely that the name originated to indicate large bread. In fact, I don't believe that the consortium was completely sold on Tony's bread or other romantic origin myths either, as the website also provides a much less dubious explanation. In Milan, holiday wheat breads were a tradition dating back to the Middle Ages. In fact, a decree in 1395 required all Milan bakeries, except for one, to make a special bread enriched. It was a wheat bread enriched with butter, sugar, and raisins, and it was known as pan de ton. In his book, La Cucina Milanese, published in 2004, Fabiano Guateri affirms the pan de ton story, which is also referenced in Cucina Milanese Contemporanea, published in 2020 and written by, spoiler alert, future Milano Files guests, journalist Gabriele Zanatta of Identita Golose and chef Cesare Battisti of the restaurant Ratana. They are right that the bread pan de ton was so-called to indicate an important bread. Panettone didn't take on its current form until 1919, when banker Angelo Mota decided to encase the batter in paper to give it more height. 
This created the dome shape that characterizes the panettone we all know and love today. In 1925, baker Giochino Alemania opened his namesake bakery and riffed on Mota's panettone recipe. They were two of the most prolific producers of modern-style panettone, and while they have departed this world, their brands live on. It's also worth noting that panettone isn't just limited to Italy. It's wildly popular in South America, in Brazil, Argentina, and Peru in particular. It's believed to have arrived there, care of the Italian immigrants who emigrated as far back as the mid to late 19th century. And it's actually in South America where most of the industrial brands sold in the U.S. originate. Balduco, for instance, is Brazilian. In Italy, panettone extends far beyond the confines of Lombardia and the north in general. It's prepared and enjoyed all around the peninsula and its islands, either in its traditional form or often interpreted with a local flair. Nicola Fiasconaro, based in Castelbono, a town and commune in the province of Palermo in Sicily, crafts a panettone that's not just considered one of the best in the south, but one of Italy's finest. He incorporates local citrus and ash tree resin into his recipe. Panettone is also the headliner of several annual events. Panettone Day takes place every autumn in Milan. It comprises a contest judged by a panel of experts, and it's then followed by a pop-up store that stays open for a few months. There's Re Panettone, or Panettone King. It's organized by Stanislav Porzio, a food writer and historian who's the author of the book called Il Panettone, and he's considered one of the foremost authorities on the topic. There's a Panettone World Championship competition and even a Panettone World Cup. Panettone is even the namesake of an entire film genre, Cina Panettone. In a nutshell, the genre comprises Christmas-themed comedies released every year. Indeed, they're rather silly, some might say strange, and I have even heard others use a less kind S-word to describe them, but I actually love them. They're definitely a guilty pleasure of mine, and I've taken a lot of flack from ardent Italian cinephiles who think I shouldn't waste my time watching them. But I don't care. I love them. They're just so Italian Christmas to me. I also want to give a shout out to the late and great Gualtiero Marchese, the first chef in Italy to earn three Michelin stars. In the 1970s, early 80s, he created a dessert called Sformato di Panettone, a pudding of sorts baked into a single portion mold that's still a popular way to use leftover panettone. The recipe serves as a foundation that other chefs have used as a jumping point to create their own take on it. In fact, the U.S. Food Network website even has a riff from Giada di Laurentiis. Nowadays, there's a slogan circulating around Milan that started a few years ago, panettone tutto l'anno, or panettone all year round. Certain establishments do indeed sell panettone year round, either by the slice or in smaller versions, while some even will make a special summer panettone, which leads me to my guest, Nicola Olivieri of Olivieri, 1882. He's the fourth generation at the helm of his family bakery in Vicenza, which is in the Veneto. I know you might be thinking, why am I not speaking to a Milanese baker about panettone? Well, Nicola's panettone has a strong tie to Milan. I had a chat with him at the opening of the Olivieri 1882 Milan pop-up located on the seventh floor of La Rinascente department store in Piazza del Duomo. Nicola took over the bakery in 2012, and in doing so, he inherited the sweetbread recipe his family debuted just after World War II. He began evolving it with new fermentation techniques, and the result is a panettone that has received myriad distinctions, including tre kiki, or three grains, the highest rating possible from the prestigious Gambaro Rosso Guide. 
In addition to the classic Panettone, Olivieri 1882 offers more than a dozen alternative versions, like salted caramel and apricot, which happens to be my favorite. I managed to find one at Italy in November and devoured it over the course of a few days. One with Nardini Grappa, berries and white chocolate, three chocolate, gianduja, pistachio lemon and amarena cherry. This year, he collaborated with Lorenzo Cogo, chef of the Michelin-starred restaurant El Coke in Vicenza, on a special edition panettone. It's flavored with candied olives, white chocolate, and rosemary. One of them is actually coming to the U.S. with me for the holidays, and I can't wait to dig into it. I'm also bringing a classic version, berries and white chocolate, and a pandoro, panettone's towering star-shaped powder sugar-coated cousin whose name means golden bread. Like panettone, it's leavened, though I usually find the consistency to be just a wee bit more cakey or brioche-like than bready. In 2020, Nicola began shipping his panettone worldwide. It arrives in the U.S. actually in 48 hours, and it's also available stateside in some specialty shops. I realize the timing of this might be a little too close to Christmas to capitalize on it this year if you haven't already, but do keep it in mind for next. Also, a quick backstory to one thing we discussed. San Biagio, or St. Blaise, is the patron saint of throats. He's said to have saved a child from choking by giving him a piece of bread. So traditionally, the Milanese save a piece of panettone to eat on February 3rd, his feast day. It's more likely than not a little old by then, a little stale, so they usually toast it. Oh, and one other thing that's important to know, a Milanista is a fan of AC Milan, AC Milan being one of Milan's two football clubs. And as I mentioned, I spoke with him at the opening of his pop-up, so please forgive the, the chatter happening in the background. Welcome, Nicola. Ciao, Nicola. Ciao, Piscina. Ciao, Chetty. Thank you for being here. So I guess first we'll talk a little bit about Olivieri, 1882. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, tell me about your family bakery. Yeah, so Olivieri is a family bakery company. Uh, it's a family company. This year is the uh, 140th uh, anniversary, so we've been founded in uh, 1882. Uh, Olivieri was born uh, just as a bakery, uh, just bread. And uh, during the, the years, every generation uh, evolved the format uh, since becoming what Olivieri is now, so a uh, contemporary Italian bakery. Essentially, we have a retail bakery uh, in Arzignano, which is based uh, between Verona and Venice. And also, we are going to we are distributing uh, our best-seller product, which is uh, the panettone Pandora and Colomba, all around the world in a niche market. So again, the supermarket, uh, again the department stores, mm -hmm. uh, boutique, food boutique, uh, delicatessen, etc. Then also we have uh, um, an e-commerce market for all the, uh, the entire world, especially for the United States market, because we have a website completely dedicated to uh, the United States, in which we uh, ship the products in less than 48 hours. That's amazing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you started offering the, the panettone in the U.S., was it two years ago you started with the 48-hour shipping? Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's great that you're doing that because I think many Americans, myself included, until I moved here, had a very bad preconceived idea of panettone yeah. because I think what most of us have as our point of reference are those boxed versions probably filled with, you know, conservatives and yeah, the industrial ones. Exactly. So. Made months 
maybe years yeah. in advance, who knows? <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to say that we are, we are the pioneer of the artisanal panettone in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love to travel all around. I love uh, United States. I have a family over there, relatives over there. Oh, where is your yeah. family? Uh, near, uh, outside one hour of uh, New Jersey. So sometimes we love to, to visit them. And uh, so I'm very emotional about uh, United States too. Mm -hmm. And that's why also we would like to, to rise up the market over there, to concentrate mm -hmm. and focus over there. In one of my trip, I was like uh, very uh, surprised about the the low quality of panettone, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, I thought like uh, maybe the Americans doesn't know here right now the real artisanal quality about panettone. Maybe when they come in Italy, they can discover all the uh, artisanal Italian producers. But why not to coming here with the artisanal one, the real artisanal one? Because uh, we would like to to let the American people to discover the real Italian high-quality panettone, mm -hmm. which is very, very different, you know, like uh, between uh, an artisanal and industrial, of course. Could you describe a little bit about what makes good panettone good? I think the the most important ingredient is the time. So we are using uh, lievito madre, so the natural sabardo, in a particular way, so into the water to give it like a very sweet taste, uh, not very acid, and also the time, because mm -hmm. the time is very important. Uh, the major part of the, produ the producers, uh, producers produce the panettone in um, maximum two days, you know. So we tested a particular type of produ production uh, that, that uh, takes uh, at least uh, uh, four days in total. So a lot of uh, na long natural fermentation that gives uh, to the panettone a very soft structure, mm -hmm. a very digestible uh, product. Yeah. So a very rich recipe, but very digestible product and that's why our panettone is considered uh, one of the best uh, in the world uh, for the artisanal Italian products. So uh, basically what we done, uh, we studied uh, a completely particular never done before uh, shipment with our uh, express courier in which the custom is done uh, uh, during the flight. Mm -hmm. So um, this let the, the American people to buy a product and have directly uh, in front of the doorstep in less than 48 hours from the click. That's amazing. So yeah. that, it was, it was the very new new thing about uh, Panettone. So, for example, <laughs> we are faster to ship to in uh, uh, New York uh, mm -hmm. more than in Rome. That's, yeah. uh, you know, like uh, a shame, but it's, it's like this, you know? <laughs> so potentially every American people, every American customer of us can order a Panettone and just bake it have a, a, a tome, you know? So. Yeah. I think it's a very good news for the Italian products, especially yeah. for the panettone. Sure, yeah. So this is uh, the very, uh, the very, the real Italian quality about panettone. Also, we ship the panettone to other boutiques, etc. But uh, <laughs> uh, of course, with the with the shipment, it's like with with the boats, etc. It lasts for one two months, so mm -hmm. it's not uh, the same quality as as the the, the panettone that we ship online. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, the best quality too, of course, and it's very different from the, the, the industrial one because there are not uh, preservatives, there are the same uh, exactly process that we have for the e-commerce one, but the e-commerce one is just bigger. And where in the U.S. can people find your panettone if they're not using your e-commerce shop? They can find it in uh, Italy, mm -hmm. around the United States. They can find it at the, the Jedzi, mm -hmm. so the website of Giada De Laurentiis, and also at uh, Elizabeth in New York. And we are founding uh, other uh, high-end boutique uh, in all the United States. Mm -hmm. Also, we have uh, uh, another Italian uh, particular specialty cakes for Christmas, which is Pandoro. Yes. Which is not mm -hmm. very well known about, uh, especially abroad, but also here in Italy. It's like uh, the cousin of Panettone. What's but, the difference? Yeah, yes. it's a bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Pandora is more uh, near uh, is born near our uh, our city Verona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why also I I'm very uh, in love with the Pandora too, mm-hmm. not only with the Panettone. So we, mm-hmm. we we are trying to promote both. When I moved here, I had a Panettone epiphany of sorts because I always had the preconceived idea of what Panettone is, as I was saying before. But I used to love Pandoro over Panettone, but now I like them both equally. I yeah, can't yeah. pick a I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, also if you are tasting the the good artisanal quality, mm-hmm. it's always a, a good product, of course. Then mm-hmm. you can prefer one or the other one, but you are mm-hmm. tasting a, a very good product. Mm-hmm. If it's artisanal and done in, a, in a, the best way. I love how you also make the, the panettone estilo ah, in the yeah. summer, because I'm a yes. big fan of panettone year-round. And there are some places where you can find it here, especially since it's probably the most emblematic Dolce yeah. or Levin product of Milan, so I don't think it should be limited to this Correct. time of the year. But you make special summer versions. Yeah, to, uh, we, lo- we love to say that we are breaking the rules since 1882, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that's why we would like that uh, uh, panettone uh, will become... Uh, an Italian dessert, that's mm-hmm. it, not a, a Christmas Italian dessert. Mm-hmm. Because uh, also here in Italy, we would like to, to eat all around the, the, the year. So, for example, the classic panettone is everything is always available uh, in our production mm-hmm. online, for example, of, uh, or uh, B2B, like in the boutiques, etc. Mm-hmm. But we would like to, to break these rules, uh, especially here, but also abroad, creating the summer panettone. So basically, it's the same recipe, but we are going to add. Uh, more fruits, you know, so different type of fruits, very fresh fruits like uh, pineapple, for example. Mm-hmm. So like to refresh a bit, uh, you know, we would like that uh, panettone uh, can become uh, nearly a daily, pan- a daily dessert, you know, like for breakfast, mm-hmm. for brunch or something like that, mm-hmm. because I think it deserves. You know how here in Milan there's this tradition of saving a piece of panettone per the Festa di San Biagio or mm-hmm. St. Blaise. He's the patron saint of throats. They, the Milanese save a piece of panettone for February 3rd and they eat it on that day as a way to sort of protect mm-hmm. their throats. And do you have any local traditions with panettone where you're from? No, honestly, no. We don't have this. Uh, Italy is um, very beautiful also because we are a small territory, yeah. a lot of cities. We love a lot of different type of uh, music costume, you know, like and, custom, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> custom, yeah. So we basically we don't have any any of this uh, uh, situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know that in Milan, uh, I don't know if uh, right now is the is like this. Maybe some years ago, I don't know. Probably also now, but not a lot of people, I think. I know. Yeah, I've heard some people say they do yeah. it. I've, I've never done it personally because I always wind up in the U.S. for Christmas. Okay. And it's just it's silly, I think, because my panettone, <laughs> I always bring it with me. My family eats it all. So yeah. <laughs> I've never actually. I think it's very difficult for me it. to yeah. maintain the almost die. I will leave. So do you have anything else going on that you want to talk about? We are not only panettone producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are Ita- uh, we are an Italian bakery. Uh, mm-hmm. We love to say we are an Italian contemporary bakery because mm-hmm. uh, we would like to communicate uh, in a different type uh, of uh, way. We would like to pair the best quality product with the best quality communication and marketing too, mm-hmm. to give to the product the the right value. For us, the United States uh, is very interesting. That's why we are uh, uh, searching to open a branch over there. And we would like to bring our uh, idea of uh, Italian contemporary bakery also in New York. Mm-hmm. So this is our next goal, next goal in, uh, in the United States. 
Lastly, and I know you don't live here, but are there five things you do when you come here? Unfortunately, I'm always at work and <laughs> always at home. But when I ca- I'm a big soccer fan, so I used to come here with my my son to see the the soccer the soccer match. Are you That's a Milanista? In, yeah, of course. I am too. I'm like hardcore Milanista. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's why I come in Milan, or for this event, or for for soccer. Well, I love that you're a Milanista. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, thank you so much for for chatting today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicola. So for anyone listening really closely, I want to clarify, correct something I said when I was speaking with him. I said conservatives instead of preservatives. And there's a reason I made that error. And this reason is called a false friend, which is what the Italian word preservativo is. In Italian, preservativo doesn't mean preservative. It means condom. The Italian word for preservative is conservativo. And as evidenced by the interview, this has completely thrown my English for a loop. This isn't the first time I've swapped conservative for preservative, nor will it be the last, I'm sure. If you're curious about where to find Artists in Panettone in Milan, you could head to my blog, A Signorina in Milan, where I posted a piece a couple of weeks ago. I've listed 22 in no particular order, and I should also add that the list is by no means exhaustive, and I'm happy to update it next year. You can find a link to that blog post, as well as links to the sources I used for this episode in the show notes. Thank you all so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Alla prossima.